The Creepshow podcast contains content that is not suitable for younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I have a story about a family in... Well, they ended up in New Jersey, but they started out somewhere else. So, on a November day in 1971, a man killed his mother, his wife, and his three kids. And this is the story of the List family murders. In November 1950, as the Korean War escalated, John List was recalled to active military service at Fort Eustis, Virginia. He met Helen Morris Taylor, the widow of an infantry officer killed in action in Korea. She lived nearby with her daughter, Brenda. John and Helen married on December 1st, 1951 in Baltimore, and he moved the family to Northern California. The Army reassigned John to an accounting position with the Finance Corps. John completed a second tour in 1952 and worked for an accounting firm in Detroit, and then as an audit supervisor at a paper company in Kalamazoo, where his three children were born. By 1959, John had risen to supervisor of the company's accounting department. He later moved his family to Rochester, New York to work with Xerox, and then accepted a position at a bank in Jersey City, New Jersey, moving his wife, children, and mother into a 19-room Victorian mansion in Westfield, New Jersey. Oh my god. Yeah. Brenda married in 1960 and left the house, and Helen had become an unstable alcoholic. He appeared to be the perfect son, husband, and father. He worked hard to provide for his family. They were the embodiment of the American dream. They attended church every Sunday, and List taught Sunday school. He was a, uh, quote, pillar of the community, a.k.a. a pillar killer. Anybody who is labeled as a pillar of the community, they're going to commit murder. (laughs) They're going to do something bad. So everything looked great on the surface, but nothing was as it seems. In 1971, John lost his job at the bank. Subsequent jobs didn't pan out. He couldn't bear to tell his family about the loss of income. So in the mornings, he would get ready for work, but then spend his days at the train station reading the newspaper and secretly skimming money from his mother's bank account to pay his mortgage. He refused to go on welfare as it would entail excruciating embarrassment in the community and violate his principles of self-sufficiency that he learned on his father's knee. There's nothing wrong with getting on government assistance, people. There's no no shame in that. So, on November 9th, 1971, John killed his wife, Helen, while the kids were at school. Oh, wow. Using his 9mm Steyer, Steyer, I'm not sure, a 1912 semi-automatic handgun and his father's Colt. 22 caliber rifle or nope revolver supernatural anyone after killing her (laughs) he went up to the third floor and shot his mother in bed she was 85 what the fuck right yeah so he waited for his 16 year old daughter patricia and 13 year old son frederick as they uh arrived that he shot them both in the back of the head great dad he then made himself lunch Oh, he's a sick bastard. Mm-hmm. And then drove to Westfield High School to watch his 15-year-old son, John Jr., play soccer. After driving John Jr. home, List shot him repeatedly because, as misfire evidence showed, his son attempted to defend himself. So John laid the bodies of his family members on top of sleeping bags in the ballroom. Then he wrote a note to his pastor, who he felt would 
understand. John feared his family confronted, or John feared his family confronted with the world of evil and poverty would turn from God. This was the only way to ensure their safe arrivals in heaven. Oh, what the hell? Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, what the hell? So, he then cleaned all of the crime scenes, removed his face from all the fa uh, family photographs with scissors. He canceled all deliveries and contacted his children's schools to let their teachers know they'd be on vacation for a few weeks. He slept in the mansion with his dead family, and then the next morning, he turned all the lights on, turned the radio to religious music that played throughout the intercom system in each room of the house, and left. A month passed before neighbors began to suspect, uh, suspect something was wrong. Authorities entered the home on December 7th, hearing the radio blaring organ music throughout the entire house. They then found the five-page note John wrote explaining that the bodies were his family and why he killed them. He said he saved the souls of the people he loved. The FBI found his car at Kennedy International Airport in New York City, but they never found him and the trail went cold. As the FBI later discovered, List had traveled from, uh, by train from New Jersey to Michigan and then to Colorado. He settled in Denver in early 1972 and took an accounting job as Robert Peter Bob Clark. The name of one of his college classmates, although the real Bob Clark later asserted that he had never even known List. From 1979 to 1986, he was the controller at the paper box manufacturer outside Denver. He joined a Lutheran congregation and ran a carpool for shut-in church members. At one religious uh, gathering, he met army px clerk named dolores miller and married her in 1985 in february 1988 the couple moved to a house in the brander mill neighborhood of mid lothian virginia where list still using the name bob clark resumed work as an accountant at a small firm madrea joiner kirkham and woody so now we're gonna hop in the delorean and go 18 years um, from 1971, so 18 years in the future from when he committed the murders. In May eight, uh, 1989, the crime was recounted on the television show America's Most Wanted. Uh, the segment featured an age-progressed clay bust sculpted by forensic artist Frank Bender, which turned out to bear a close resemblance to List's actual appearance. One tip came from a woman in Richmond, Virginia, who thought her next-door neighbor, Robert Clark, bore a striking resemblance to the bust. The tipster said her neighbor was also an accountant and attended church. Authorities went to Clark's home and spoke to his wife, whom he had met at church, uh, a church social gathering. The alias worked and he kept it when he moved to Richmond. He then confessed to everything and was arrested. At his 1990 trial, defense lawyers argued that List suffered from PTSD from his military service in World War II and Korea Expert psychologists believed, yeah, expert psychologists believed that List was going through a midlife crisis, as the prosecution pointed out. That was no excuse for killing five innocent people. Yeah, I'm sorry. No. And yes, PTSD from military service is a real thing. It yeah. is a real, 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 real thing. But it's not an excuse. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. I have PTSD from some shit that happened. I don't care. It's um, like, I'm sorry, like, I know this probably sounds mean for saying this, but mm -hmm. if you have PTSD and it's, you shouldn't have guns. You shouldn't have anything mm -mm. at all. I don't care. No. At all. No. And, like, 
like I said, PTSD is real, but it's not a scapegoat. If you commit murder, you go to jail. I mm-hmm. and I do. I you know anybody out there who does have PTSD from anything, whether it be mil, you know military service or your childhood, mm-hmm. I hope that you get the mental help that you need. Yeah. But there is no excuse. Exactly. No excuse. He was also dealing with his wife's alcoholism and her untreated syphilis contracted from her first husband and concealed for 18 years. According to trial testimony, Helen had pressured List into into marriage by falsely claiming that she was pregnant, then insisted that they marry in Maryland, which did not require the premarital syphilis test mandated in most other uh, states at that time. Which is crazy. You you used to have to get tested for STDs before you got married. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I think in some states you might still have to. Oh, wow. Though her health progressively deteriorated, she said nothing to List or her physicians until 1969 when a thorough workup revealed the condition. By then, progression of the disease combined with her excessive alcohol consumption had, according to testimony, transformed her, quote, transformed her from an attractive young woman to an unkept and paranoid recluse who frequently and often publicly humiliated List, comparing his sexual prowess unfavorably with that of her first husband. Like, sure, she shouldn't have been doing that, but, like, that's still not a reason to kill her, you know? Yeah. Uh, A court-appointed psychiatrist testified that List suffered from obsessive-compulsive personality disorder and that he saw only two solutions to his situation— accept welfare or kill his family and send their souls to heaven. Welfare was an unacceptable option, he reasoned, because it would expose him and his family to ridicule and violate his authoritarian father teach, father's teaching regarding the care and protection of family members. Again, there is no shame in getting on government assistance. Yeah. On April 12, 1990, List was convicted of five counts of first-degree murder, at his sentencing hearing, he denied direct responsibility for his actions. Quote, I feel that because of my mental state at the time, I was unaccountable for what happened. I ask all affected by this for their forgiveness, understanding, and prayer. No. Uh-uh. Nope. The judge was under or unpersuaded. Quote, John Emil List is without remorse and without honor, he said. After 18 years, 5 months, and 22 days, it is now time for the voices of Helen, Alma, Patricia, Frederick, and John F. List to rise from the grave. He imposed a sentence of five terms of life imprisonment to be served consecutively, the maximum permissible penalty at the time. List filed an appeal of his convictions on the grounds that his judgment had been impaired by post-traumatic stress disorder due to his military service. He also argued that the letter he left behind at the crime scene, essentially his confession, was a confidential communication to his pastor and therefore inadmissible as evidence. A federal appeals court rejected both arguments. List eventually expressed a degree of remorse for his crimes. Quote, I wish I had never done what I did, he told Connie Chung in 2002. I've regretted my action and prayed for forgiveness ever since. When asked why he had not taken his own life, he said he believed that suicide would have prevented him from going to heaven. Well, murder isn't going to prevent you from going to heaven. Exactly. Like, the fucking hypocrites. So, List died, thankfully, of complications from pneumonia at age 82 on March 21st, 2008, while in prison custody at St. Francis Medical Center in Trenton, New Jersey. In reporting his death, the New Jersey Star-Ledger referred to him as the Boogeyman of Westfield. Um... Um, you know, it's been a long time since I read anything from the Bible, but I do remember something about some holy guy getting 
put up on a cross to pay for all of our sins. So like if your family would have turned from God in your Bible, you believe that Jesus died for your sins. So no matter what you did, Jesus would forgive you. Yeah. God, you're so fucking stupid. The mansion in New Jersey where John List lived with his family burned down several months after the murders. Authorities never found the cause of the fire and a new house was built on the property years later. The memory of the murder still haunts Westfield residents. In an interview in 2008, parents told a reporter in New Jersey that children will not walk past that property, nor did they even want to live on the same street. Over the years, List and his crimes have furnished inspiration for a number of movies and documentaries, including uh, Savior, the season six episode of Law and Order, the 1987 film The Stepfather and its 2009 remake, the 1993 film Judgment Day, the John List story, in which List was portrayed, portrayed by Robert Blake, and the character Keezer Soze, in the 1995 film The Usual Suspects. Uh, yeah. So in 1972, List was proposed as a suspect. This is crazy. This is fucking crazy. It's just a conspiracy theory, but like, this is crazy. So in 1972, List was proposed as a suspect in the D.B. Cooper air piracy case because of the timing of his disappearance two weeks prior to the airline hijacking. Multiple matches to the hijacker's description and the reasoning that a fugitive accused of mass murder has nothing to lose. List was questioned by the FBI investigators after his capture, but he denied any involvement in the Cooper case. While his name is still occasionally mentioned in Cooper articles and documentaries, no direct evidence implicates him. And the FBI no longer considers him a suspect. But what if he was D.B. Cooper? Yeah. That is so fucking crazy, dude. What if he fucking was? Um, so in 2008, John Walsh, the host of America's Most Wanted, donated the age-progressed bust by Frank Bender that played a pivotal role in List's apprehension to a forensic science exhibit at the National Museum of Crime and Punishment in Washington, D.C. The museum collection can now be viewed at Alcatraz East Crime Museum in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. A 1996 episode of the series Forensic Files discussed the List murders. A 2003 episode of A&E's series American Justice also detailed the case and featured an interview with List. In 2015, the story was covered in Season 2, Episode 2 of Investigation Discovery show Your Worst Nightmare. The episode, titled Murder House, premiered on November 18, 2015. And in July 2020, the movie A Killer Next Door was based on true events that led to the capture of John List. So yeah, that's the uh, story of John List and the List family murders. So maybe, maybe, we, maybe they solved the D.B. Cooper case, even though the FBI, you know, gave up on that, but... I mean, it's a possibility. That's fucking crazy, though. Yeah. But yeah, if you do have PTSD, I mean, get help. Yes, Any please. way you can. I mean, if you're in the military, the uh, the VFWs, I'm sure, will offer some sort of help yeah. in some way. Um, but if you're not and you weren't, you know, prior military, then just get help. Even if you can't, if you don't have insurance like me, just, like, talk to somebody about it, you know. Yeah. Um, we're, we're not making fun of anybody with PTSD. We're just saying that it's just not saying. an excuse. Like... Yeah. I have depression. If I want to go kill myself, okay. But if I take anybody with me, that's not okay. No, it's not. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. That was uh, the list of family murders and hellhounds. That's all for today. Thank you for listening to The Creep Show. That's Ashley. I'm Sarah. Stay creepy. Bye. Subscribe to The Creep Show today. 
available on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and just about anywhere you can find a podcast.